Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment, and anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Anything you're doing or thinking about, let's just make room to pay attention and relax and let God reveal himself in whatever else is going on in your life. And we're going to go back to something we've been talking about. You know, we've been talking about the supernatural realm, and we've also been talking about the healing of our soul. And I've been, you know, we've been kind of addressing things in, in... overview scale, like looking at things from a from a distance. Um, what we want to start looking at is is some things in in perspective in in detail. We've been talking about, for instance, the the abilities, our solical abilities, and that they're dormant, and that God wants those abilities to be available. And really, what I want you to to think about is availability, that if God asked you to do something, do you think he'd ask you if you couldn't do it? If he, you know, asked you to raise the dead, do you think he's going to put you in a position where you can't raise the dead, but he's asked you to? And we want to start looking at, you know, first of all, and always, our trust level. And your trust level of God and God asking you is always going to be connected with your relationship to him, how, how well you're hearing him, which is an ongoing thing. I suspect we're all going to be working on hearing him more clearly as long as we're here on this earth. Until he changes that, you know, and he can change that in any moment. But it's still, right now, it's still just a matter of consistency and uh, habit. You know, we want to make sure that no matter what else we we are going to be learning about and, and trying, that there's a certain amount of time that you're spending with God on a regular basis, um, People have asked me, what's the minimum amount of time? And I'm going to say 20 minutes, once a day. And more than that on the weekends, however you want to do it. And if you want to do, you know, more during the day, but people ask, what's the minimum? And I would say 20 minutes at one time, at one sitting. So then you can increase it. And if you want to do that, I would increase it from 20 minutes once a day to 20 minutes twice a day. And then if you want to go to three times a day. For me, I think spreading it out, doing it more often at 20 minutes is better than doing it one time at 30 minutes and then 40 minutes and then 50 minutes and then an hour because I think it has a greater effect on the soul. And I've kind of changed my mind over that, and I'm, I might change it back, but for right now, since we're spending so much time looking at 
the state of our soul and its need for healing. I think doing it three times a day for a minimum amount of time, spending time waiting and just being available to God, I think gives God more of an opportunity to draw our soul to our spirit and prevents our soul from regaining strength. When you spend time with God, just being in his presence, being available, letting him do whatever he wants in you, let's just say it's just for 20 minutes and let's just say you do it first thing in the morning. When you're doing that, God himself is changing your soul in whatever way he chooses. He's bringing healing. He's speaking truth. He's drawing your soul to your spirit. He's renewing your mind. He's uh, helping you to experience freedom in your emotions and uh, helping you make better decisions, bringing you wisdom, and, of course, quickening the, the abilities in your soul. And he's doing all that while all you're doing is just being available, breathing him in, enjoying his presence, just listening to your heartbeat, whatever it is. And as that happens, yourself, your, this, the bad habits that your soul has created, your selfishness, your self-control, your self-defense, the, the battlements, the castle walls, that your soul created to defend itself, and God doesn't hold that against us. Remember that. This is not something we need to to explain to God. He, he put us in a situation where we didn't have any option but to build those walls. So he doesn't hold it against us. But now we don't need them. We don't need to defend ourselves. We don't need to protect ourselves. Or, or seek righteousness in ourselves, self-righteousness. We don't need to do that. We are righteous in, you are righteous in your soul right now because your soul is becoming one with God. And you yourself can't change that. And we're going to talk a little bit later about what you can do, the difference. And this is, this is something that um, we're going to be refining over time. And, and get, hopefully gaining more understanding. So even as as these you know questions come up and and you, you all provide free feedback and, and ideas, you all have you have wisdom as well. You have um, perspectives and point of view, and I'm always opening to hear your take on these things. So feel free to drop me a line at dianatherainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio to discuss the whole idea of what is God's job and what is our, our job when it comes to restoring our soul and taking full advantage of our time here on this earth. We're only here for a relatively short period of time. You know, when we think about, you know, Methuselah was 969 years old. And, you know, uh, who, who knows how long Adam and Eve lived before they were kicked out of the garden and then, you know, had to live without eternal life. They had eternal life. Adam and Eve had eternal life. They were eternal. I think that's one of the reasons God had to find a way to remove them from access to the eternal life. 
was because there's something about having a finite end to our time here that affected their uh, how they behaved, what they needed, what what they did, who you know, the decisions they made, how their soul operated. And so I think, you know, we, you and I, we are aware of time. Animals aren't. You know, they they understand sunrise and sunset, but you and I understand that we have a certain amount of time here on this earth and and it's going to end at some point in time just as it began and we're going we often make decisions based on that and that's part of what part of the circumstances that God has created for each one of us is that we have a beginning a middle and an end of our lives and that affects us in different ways and this is where part you know part of the pressure, part of the time pressure, part of the world system that we are all under, that we all live with and we all struggle with. And this is intentional from God. So it's not something while we're here on this earth that we're going to solve. It may not have the same effect on us because we are going to learn how to overcome time because our spirit is not connected, is not not subject to time, but our our body certainly is. And so we are, you know, this is this often comes down to our our, our fear of death, our, you know, um, what comes, you know, what comes after, you know, heaven. You know, we we want to please God, so we will have the best chance of having the full advantage of what comes next. You know, God gives goodies to his goody, good people, that kind of thing. We want more more jewels for our crown. And I just really want to encourage you that you find out now how you're doing. Don't, you know, if you wait until you're before the pearly gates, let's say, you know, and you say, you know, you hear God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, if you hear something else, it's a little too late. If we are to be judged by our actions and anything else while we're here on this earth, we need God's feedback now. And that's that goes both ways. Are we being judged? Is God going to evaluate our position in eternity based on our actions here? And some would say, well, we have, you know, we have the Bible and we have you know, other people tell us, you know, you know, society tells us what's right and wrong. And how often is that under, first under interpretation? And then how often is it followed? So, again, part of our problem is, you know, Christianity is not a really good, uh, well, let me put it this way, Western religions are not a good example, are not a good uh, advocate for the nature of God, and so you know, a lot, there's a lot of times you know if you look around and you go, okay, you see how other certain Christians, especially leaders, behave and act, and you go, I'm I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. I don't don't well don't connect me with that kind of a Christian, and some. Some say that about what we're discussing here, that don't, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And that's fine. But the whole point is 
that it's up for debate. There's no real clarity. And again, I think that's part of what God wants. But for you and I, our experience of what God is doing in our soul, we can go ahead and keep that personal and objective. And the life that God has placed in front of you, your path that you are walking, that God is leading you step by step, is accomplishing in you what God wants and what your spirit wants. Your spirit has already agreed with everything God is doing. So we can draw it rather than being concerned about what's going to happen next, you know, because so much in our lives is just a diversion. So much of these circumstances is just to distract us from the peace and the rest and the joy and the contentment that comes from just resting in God, being with him, which is why this, the, the very basic part of our relationship with him is just waiting. And those who have learned how to wait, there's this, this interesting characteristic that it's an active passivity, that it's a quiet attitude that is perceptive. We, we aren't on the verge of falling asleep when we're doing this. Okay, if you're if you're thinking, okay, if you're waiting on God and then you wake up, you're, that's not waiting. That's falling asleep. So this is a characteristic of your soul, this waiting, this being in the presence of God and allowing him to reveal himself, letting him do his work while we just patiently wait for him to do it. It's a characteristic of your soul. And it's the first characteristic of our soul that we develop. We could say it's another ability of our soul. And part of the waiting that happens as we wait, our hearing his voice, hearing his direction, sensing his presence, again, another ability of our soul that God is quickening because we are spending time with him. And those abilities, the ability to wait in his presence, and just we wait for him and in him and with him, just being able to be with him, and then being able to hear his voice clearly and have the confidence that we're hearing him him clearly, and being able to distinguish his voice from all others, we can call those the first two solical abilities. The two primary solical abilities, being able to wait on him and with him and in him, are more important. That ability is more important than the ability, the solical ability, to raise the dead. To be able to hear his voice and have confidence that you're hearing him clearly, that's more important than the solical ability to know the future or to be able to do a miracle, turn water into wine or heal somebody. Those two are the basic fundamentals of all other 
development of our solical abilities. Because those two make the path, make it make us able to receive and hear from God under all circumstances. Jesus would wake in the morning and spend time with his father. He was already one with his father, and he was already one in himself, spirit, soul, and body. And yet he would spend time in the presence of his father, not asking for things, not not figure you know ask okay god what's going to what am i supposed to do today not getting marching orders but simply being with his father he already had confidence that he was one with his father and yet he still this is this is what he did on a regular basis to maintain relationship so he could continue to receive everything the father wanted to give him if if it was necessary for Jesus to do while he was walking around well while God was walking around in in the in the form of a man if it was necessary for Jesus to do and something he enjoyed doing i think that's something we can take a have a strong inclination that it would be good for us as well having having that link that nourishment, that confidence that, okay, you know, I've done what I need to do to make make it make God able to speak to us in whatever way he wants. We've given him permission. When you when you spend time with him in that way, you are acknowledging your need for him, your desire for him your uh both your your oneness with him and your separateness from him you're acknowledging your you're being drawn to him but you're not there yet so you're acknowledging who you are and who he is even without saying a thing even without you know experiencing his presence don't ever be concerned that you don't feel like anything's happening. Very often, you you may have a you know what what some people call a dry spell. I don't think it's a dry spell. I think that's all just our emotions, and and we use words to try to describe what we are feeling when we when we go through a period of time where God doesn't reveal Himself the way we expect or the way He used to. And we are don't understand why. We sometimes wonder, did I do something wrong? Did I ever hear him? Is there a God? Is God real? And we go through these, you know, we have high points in our life and we have the valleys in our lives. And God does whatever he wants in them. And God, for you, may do on your high mountain what God does for me in my low valleys. He is not at all obligated to do things in your life the way he does things in mine. 
because you're special to him. I'm special to him. And he's the God. He can do what he wants, how he wants, when he wants. Now, and yet we come back to there are these things that we know put us in a position to hear from God, to to be where he can reveal himself more clearly. And as we started, a lot, you know, this is my idea that spending 20 minutes multiple times a day is better than spending one time that's longer and longer. That's, you know, I also reserve the right to change my mind on that. Because, A, it might not be true for you. God may be calling you. No, you need to take the from one to three every day and spend it simply with me. Then what? You do that. It may, 20 minutes for me, you may only need five, five minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds. Or my 20 minutes, you may need an hour. That's up to you. All I'm putting out there is, again, what I believe God has shared with me about a starting point. Not a magic formula. Not a checklist of, you know, here's the ingredients for a cake. If you put in all these ingredients for a cake and then bake it at such and such for such and such a period of time, you're going to end up with the cake. No, because you're not a cake. You're a person that God is shaping and forming and healing and restoring. And he has set a certain path and plan for you and you alone and set your circumstances. He has, he has put your life, he has already put your life in order. And I do believe that our time here on this earth, earth is just a portion of that. Don't know what's next, what it's going to look like, how it's going to work. And if it's not, fine. I, at this point in time, it doesn't change any of the way I'm approaching this is how we know God. I still, you know, think his his ways are not our ways. And, uh, you know, so how often do we go, okay, we're going to judge how well we do by how many people we've led, led to the Lord or brought to our church or how many people we've ministered to or gone on mission trips or how many times we've memorized the Bible or how emotional we get at church when we sing certain songs or how how much how often we work in the nursery or whatever it is that you think or may have thought or may hear, this is what makes it we're gonna get credit for it from God. We're gonna somehow benefit from it at some point in time in the sweet by and by. Our our mansion is going to be closer to God. You know, Billy Graham's mansion is right next door to God, his mansion. That kind of thing. No. Because we question, you know, I do, the whole idea of, okay, a mansion, golden streets, we're all going to just sit around and talk. Once we die, we go to heaven or hell, and that's it. You know, I don't believe that. I don't know what's next. And I think that's simply because 
God wants it that way because my spirit knows, my spirit knows what's next. My spirit knows what came before. But I don't think that's for us to know right now. We can, you know, see through a glass darkly. We get little bits and pieces. But I don't think it would serve God's purpose for us to have all the answers. Because I do think we respond to death. I do think we respond to time. We, re, you know, we, we will continue a bad habit as long as it works. And so God lets our bad habits fail. Unfortunately, we are much more responsive, you and I, all of us, we are, generally speaking, much more responsive to the negative in our lives than the positive, which is why we so often learn much more from our mistakes than our successes, than our victories. You know, our mistakes, there's usually pain involved, whether anybody else knows about it or not. But we might feel, you know, oh, we didn't put in enough work. You know, we, we look for excuses. We look for reasons why we made a mistake so we can correct them or so we can hide them from others. But that's what we focus on. When you've done something successfully, let's say you win gold in the Olympics, you just revel in that, okay, you know, good, yes, whatever I did, I did right. It worked. And yet all those times leading up to that, you, would, you okay, like, like say you were, you know, ice skating. How many times you fell trying that one, one move? You go, okay, what did I do wrong? What do I need to change to do it right? What do I need to practice to make sure it gets right? If every time you tried something, you were good at it, you would not you would not learn how to overcome adversity and of course when you're competing you're going to make mistakes and and regardless and just we're just going to go with some sports analogies here when you do when you make a mistake it's far more important rather than thinking about okay how am i going to avoid making the mistake again how am i going to recover from the mistake even in relationships, you have a fight with your, you know, with your somebody in your family. You go, okay, how are we going to recover from this? How are we going to, you know, restore relationship? You know, we learn, okay, we can't change others. Like in our sports thing, you can't change gravity. You know, if you fall... You fall during your you know, ice skating routine, you fall. You're not going to change the hardness of the ice. You're not going to ch- change the audience re- response. But you can recover. So how do you do that with things that are, that are within you? And so as we are looking at, okay, objectively, the things that God is drawing us to learn how to do, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to misinterpret. I know some people who are very well-versed 
in dealing with supernatural aspects of reality very comfortably. And they have often missed God and tried to labeled activities as demonic that were actually a move of God. And they had to, okay, how do I recover from this? You just go, oops, I'm sorry, God, I missed that. And you go on. And we don't go, okay, well, I need to to fast to remove any effects. I need to you know, beg for mercy from God for making that mistake. It's like, no, you made a mistake. How do I recover from this? How did I miss you? We learn from our mistakes. Did I believe that overshadowed your truth? I believed that anything that looked like violence, for instance, can't be God even though the violent take the kingdom by force. So instead, we are going to let God reveal himself through our mistakes and join with learning what is going on in the supernatural realm simply as an extension of our day-to-day circumstances. And as we set up some times to spend time with him, we are also going to start spending some some times to work on the supernatural aspects. We've talked about it before, but we're going to start being a little bit more specific. But practice for this next week just being objective. Just sort of step back and look at the mistakes you're making. Look at how you spend time with God Is it having an effect in other areas of your life? Because that's most often what happens. It will show up somewhere else. If you're not sensing God's presence, for instance, while you're waiting on him, maybe you do two hours later while you're sitting in traffic, that kind of thing. But we've run out of time. So once again, feel free to drop me a line at org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.